So everything is going to be beneficial for you when you live by face. And you have to eliminate the power which makes you self-centered that hinders you from living by the grace. So please die to yourself every day that you know, the power that will lead you to self-centered life will not revive again in you. So believe that you know dying to yourself you'll be you'll become the practical righteous, not just nominally righteous. So God he wants us to see our face face to face when the kingdom comes again. So that is why we are giving up everything while living on earth. That's the only goal. So when the kingdom comes, if we cannot see his face, it's going to be painful for us. So we all are invited into the wedding fest of the Lamb as a bride, not just as a guest, not single exception. You know, he wants us to become holy bride for him. But if you don't die to yourself, and you will not be authorized as a holy bride for the Lamb. So, the life of grace is to die to yourself every day. And through dying to yourself, the grace will be even more uh, strengthened every day. So while living your life on earth, and this is something that you have to focus on every day you know, to spend spending your energy for that. And any other things are not so important in you know, comparing to this. Of course, I know that you have to spend a lot of time when you are you know, preparing your sermon, but if you die to yourself continuously, and when you receive the stronger um, amount of grace, and then you will know that, that there's no nothing that you have to prepare by yourself. And then when you realize this you know, by faith, then you will be able to live by grace, which is from God only, that your life will be provided totally by the grace of God. In the same way, you, know, you don't need to you know, spare you know, too much time for you know, preparing your sermon. You know, when you just you know, stand up in the platform before altar, you know, God is going to give you the word to preach. So it's the providence of God. You know, you know, you, know, you have heard my sermon. You know, you cannot say that my sermon is not logical or you know, it's messed up. You know, it's not like that. And I am led always by the Holy Spirit when I'm preaching. So what is most important is to live by grace. That you will not live by the law. Especially you know, pastors. They are tremendously important in the kingdom of God. Because they are called to nurture the children of God as a teacher, right? So the glory of pastors, you know, cannot imaginable, you know. So Josephus, the Asian Jewish writer, you know, wrote this. He's a historian. 
and the high priest of Israelite is the most precious person in the world. And you know that in the time of the law, the high priest was the most precious person you know, among the people. But you, you are like the high priest who is teaching the priest. So you cannot imagine how precious the pastors are. So that is why Timothy 3 says, no, it you know, describes about the, the condition for bishops. And we can find that there's no, no explicit reward for bishops, which means that pastors will not receive reward. And for deacons, you know, they have you know, more soft conditions and they will be rewarded, right? But you know, bishops have more strict condition and they lack you know, reward. So it seems that there's no reason for you to be a pastor, but so I can say that there's no reason for you to be a pastor, right? Yeah. You became a pastor because you are ignorant of that. And there's stricter condition, more strict condition, and you have no rewards. Why? But the thing is that our reward is the glory of God. And that glory is that in Philippians, and each single person in your church will be your glory. So if they become perfect and entire, no, and their glory will be my glory when the kingdom comes. And conversely, let's say that you know, your saints is going to hell, and then, or you know, they are ashamed of before uh, the face of God. And maybe you will feel that you will want to go to hell instead. So please don't forget while doing your ministry. And our conclusion is not about this earth, right? It's not about you know building a big building and to gather a lot of people. That is not conclusion of your pastoring job. No, why? When you stand before the Lord. You know, you have to think about whether they will, the saints that you are bringing up will be the glory to you or not. So that is why we don't need to gather a lot of people in the church. You know, if you have just one people, if he is glorious, that is everything. Please don't think about thinking about, please don't stop thinking about this. I mean, you have to always asking God. If I stop my life and then if I am standing before the Lord and how will I be you know, before Him? If He esteems my pastoring job, you know, how will He say about that? And if my saints will stand up before the Lord, they will be glory or not, glorious or not. So please don't stop thinking about that. So that's why I don't ignore if someone you know, stops to grow or someone is you know, falling away. Maybe there are many reasons. That person will you know, corrupt the whole church, right? The church is not an organization, but it's a life. Let's say my arm hurts, but can you just ignore the hurt? No. 
you know, the whole Israel had to stop because of Achan, right? One person. So I cannot ignore. You have to confirm whether they are growing or not. You have to confirm their holiness as well. And second, and if given that they are my crowns of glory, and if he is still dark, you know, he's going to be my shame, not, you know, my glory. So I cannot just, you know, ignore him. So what I mean is that you have to do your ministry from the point of view, eternal life. So the saint who offers money a lot, who just come to church every day, and you cannot say that that is a good saint. That is basics of the basics. And without doing that, you know, there's no reason to come to church. So that's why 100% saints of our church, they you know, offer tithe. Maybe some of them, they you know, offer two out of two, two, uh, two tenths, you know, even. And if they didn't, you know, offer a proper tithe, they, they have to pay back twice. So that's why they don't think even about there to, you know, skip the tithe. So that's the basics. That is not the criteria for a good saying. So please understand how glorious you are to become a pastor. So if so, your interest should be like you know your conclusion when you go to the kingdom of God. Please don't forget even in one moment. And please ignore, please don't ignore if your saints stop to grow. Of course, for that purpose, you have to keep growing as well. And it's nature if you stop to grow and the saints will grow, saints will not grow again. If, you, if your holiness will not increase, the saints' holiness will not increase either. But it's not you know, something difficult because God knows the importance of it. So that's why God is responsible for the spiritual growth of pastors. So what is important for you is just to you know, look upon the face of the Lord. But you know, sometimes people face it. And uh, furthermore, the reason that God sends me to you is that it's for it's originally for you know the spiritual providence for you that we can be united together, so we can you know grow together. That is why we have to be united in this age. Maybe some of you have called as apostle for the purpose and for this age. And you can be a leader of this remnant ministry. But you have to be very clear about the calling of God while you know, doing ministry. And it was so difficult, actually. And I have prayed you know, this prayer a lot. Lord, please give me an excellent leader for me that I just want to follow him. Lord, and, you know, it's so difficult to you know, carry, on, carry on Zoe ministry. And actually, I tried to stop Zoe ministry several times because it's so painful. It's so painful, actually, to you know, serve the pastors. 
But every time I pray that prayer, he answered me that you are an apostle that I called for this age. You have to carry on this calling for my kingdom. That is why he gave me this truth. I haven't studied, researched, or I have learned from someone. No. God told me for the last 13 years that I could realize, you know, I could, you know, make it realized, you know, in me, you know, the truth of God. If you are so, you can be the leader, but if not, but if not, you have to follow a person like me. And then through me, you have to be you know, provided, you know, some spiritual, you know, the abilities from me. That is safe to you, and that will increase, enhance your spiritual growth. So you have to be very clear. You are are your leader, and if so, God is going to provide you. But if you are a follower, then you have to meet the external leader to follow. But if you are not this and that, you know, it's going to be dangerous. What I mean is that you cannot, you know, carry on the spiritual battle by yourself. You know that, you know, great spiritual warfare is now going on. And maybe five or six years ago, from then, if we do spiritual warfare, I could feel that all territorial authorities are united together against us. So if so, and for instance, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, fighting against the territorial authority in Panama, but not only that authority, but the territorial authorities of all Central America, or you know, if necessary, they are you know gathering, you know, the, the bringing all the you know, authorities, you know, you know, from all nations against us, because this is the age that the Antichrist is now ruling, trying to, you know, ruling over the people. So that is why we have to be united. So that is why we are calling ourselves as the two lampstand, you know, for the remnants to be united together. This is about this age. I'm not saying to you that you have to be the member, official member of Zoe Ministry. Why? You know, during the last you know, 20 years of Zoe Ministry, you know, I've realized the fact that you know, 1,000 people has come, have come, but we just have you know, one people left. One person left. You know, I'm not saying that I, I've wounded from that, but you know what I, what I'm sure about is that you know the person can enter if I call someone, and the person is not you know uh, be a member of will not be the member of the Zoomist if I don't call. I mean, what I mean is that it's, it's, it depends upon God's choice, God's calling, and you know that Zoomist three is not something very easy. You have to go through severe spiritual warfare and if you listen to my sermon you have to you know give up everything actually so that's why I'm not you know I'm saying that it's not easy to live as a remnant you know you cannot ignore yourself you know that's why you have to die to yourself you know, every day that's why the gospel of Luke says that you have to decide you know whether you will carry on the battle or you will be giving up you have to calculate, you know, about your decision, the result that you receive, you know, from your choice, you know, 
to live as remnant is is not something you know you know I mean to become disciples of Jesus you know, should be you know made by your decision you have to make your decision about that <laughs> you cannot carry on this ministry you know, with your own strengths and with your own possession you have to give up you know, everything before the Lord thoroughly but when you decide to live like this, you know, I, I can guarantee in the name of Jesus, when the kingdom comes, you will be glorious. Yeah. I, that's, oh, that's the only thing I can guarantee to you. So let's finish till chapter 5 this morning. So when you don't live by grace, you will live by the law, naturally. When you live, when you don't live by faith, then you will live by the law. When you don't live by the spirit, you will live by the law. So that's why we have to fill with the Holy Spirit every day, with faith, with grace every day. Then the authority of an air will reveal, and then you will have the authority of the promise of God, and then the righteousness of God will be maintained every day, and your faith life will be exciting. And I know that many of you have received a lot of grace in this conference, but don't think that it's because you have come to the conference. No, what I mean is that this should be atmosphere, spiritual atmosphere of, the, of your church. And I know many of you have visited our church. Our worships are like this every day. Of course, there's special grace for this conference. But we have uh, our Sunday worship you know, for five hours or six hours. So it's not that I'm, you know, not speaking, you know, too long because I'm having conference. But normally we have five hours, four hours for Sunday worship. At least I preach two hours through one worship. You know, the saints will be transformed and changed. That is the normal shape of the the Church of God. So God has opened the door for every saint to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And they saw the glory of God through the church. They can offer their life you know, for the Lord. They can even die for the Lord. So the fact that you know the saints, they are not devoting themselves, they are not praying, you no, know, is pastor's responsibility. You can, you have to repent if your saints are not praying. It's because you are failed to be a model for them, you know, to lead them. The pastor should always lead the saint. So let's go over chapter 4. So as you may see, Paul is repeating and repeating again and again and again. Because it's necessary for him to speak repeatedly. And it's because the nuclear reactor of the gospel is now working in Paul as well. And he doesn't repeat because he is writing a letter now. 
But in Paul's letter, we can see that all the elements of the nuclear reactor of the gospel is now working. So he talks about the righteousness and faith and the spirit and the, the, the faith again and then righteousness again. So, so these all elements are working together in Paul as well. So in the same way for us, if we have a relationship with God, sometimes we are excited by the, the righteousness and sometimes we feel the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes our faith is strengthened because all of them are alive. They are working in me. So that's why Paul makes a lot of repetition. And it's not only for the Galatians. But the book of the, the Bible is a reality. And what I mean is that the writers of the Bible, they are actually experiencing something real. And the life of the Spirit is working in them. Especially the books of the book of Hebrews. And its form is a sermon. It's generally a sermon. So we can say that the book of Hebrews is a sermon. So it's now explaining something, but he changes the theme, right? Because it's a sermon. So the writer is actually now proclaiming the word of God. So that's why we cannot understand the Bible as a theory, right? Like the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah is now seeing the vision throughout the 66 chapters. So it's not a theory. But Isaiah is writing about the vision that he is now looking at. So it's the same to Zechariah as well. So we can see that they reach the climax of their spirituality in writing their the, the, the books. So that's why it's necessary for you to take the word of God as real, which means that you know the the word of God should work in life as a life in you. So maybe some of you have seen me for the first time. You know that you know I'm not you know memorizing you know the Bible. You no, know, the the kids in our church they they are good at memorizing, and I will make them you know memorize and rehearse 66 books of the Bible. Because you know, there might be a time that we cannot, you know, possess a Bible any longer. So that's why I'm making them, you know, memorize and rehearse. But I'm not, you know, trying to memorize. But when the the the, the but the word of God is now in me as a life, I can, you know, use them whenever I want. And but it's not my special case. You are the same, you know, fundamentally. Because, you know, when the Word of God is working in you as a life, you can reveal it every day. So let's say I have energy in me, and I can use that energy if necessary, right? So in the same way, So from Genesis to the Revelation, and the life is going everywhere in the throughout six, six books of the Bible. And that is the promise of God. And you can pray and you're holding on to the promise of God. 
So when you pray, the most greatest in the power of life will burst out in you. So what I mean is that it's the happiest hour for me to pray. So you shouldn't feel any pains in praying. So it's the most comfortable time for me to pray. So if I close my eyes, I can feel that everything is now finished. Why? Because I believe, you know, what God will give me, you know, according to my prayer. And, you know, my faith is kind of reality that I'm hoping for. So if I pray, you know, that's everything. If I you know, open my eyes, you know, I see that, you know, this is not yet, you know, achieved. So that's why I'm, you know, living, having my eyes closed. So, chapter 4. So uh, I spoke about uh, repetition, forced repetition, and then we will see something new, not except for the repetitions. So from verse 1 to 7, Paul is writing to the Jews in church in Galatia. So before 60 AD, you know, in the early churches, you know, Jews and Gentiles were mixed together. But after 70 AD, Jews were separated from the Gentiles. And evidently, you know, Galatian church, they have both Jews and Gentiles. And exclusivism is about the you know, Jews' problem, right? Especially. But when Paul mentions the law is not just Jewish law, 6613 in the decrease of the law, but it generally stands for the state that you are living on your own. I say again to you, if you don't live by grace and then unconditionally you are living by the law, and if you don't live by faith and then you are living by the law, if you don't live by the Spirit, then you will live by the law. So, the only secret that we will not receive the spirit of religion is that you have to be filled with the spirit every day, every moment. If you are maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you will not be infected by, affected by the spirit of religion. But otherwise, you will always under attack of the spirit of religion. So, in order to be separate from the spirit of religion, there's two in a, in a way. First, you don't come to the church, right? Because the church is the religion. Like Micah 4a, what does it say? You have to leave the city of religion, Jerusalem, and then you have to go into the wilderness. So one way is about leaving the religious church, right? But the thing is that, the problem is that you cannot be guaranteed that um, you guarantee yourself you know, to go to the kingdom of God. So the first way is not something good. But you know, the second one is uh, the most important, which is uh, you know, to become you know, filled with the Holy Spirit every day. So you know, some, I, will, I would say that um, the spiritual problem, there are some spiritual problems that cannot be solved by deliverance. And one of that is you know, the spirit of religion. It cannot be casted out. And Antichrist will not be separable, you know, by deliverance. 
you have to, you know, recognize its its identity, and you have to trample down it, put it under your feet every day. What I mean is that it cannot be separate from you, so you cannot solve the problem of the spirit religion by deliverance. So, can you understand what I mean? So, the only solution is to live by the Holy Spirit every day, with the fullness of the Spirit. So, what is the spirit of religion? It's the spirit that crucified Jesus on the cross. So, please, pastors, sh please be cautious. If you lose the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then it's natural for you to receive the spirit of religion. So if you are not renewed every day, and it's the evidence that you are now receiving the spirit of religion. So please don't think this way. Okay, I've been doing my ministry for 20 years, and there's nothing to preach, and all the same every day, and I have to you know, repeat every day the same thing. No, it's this is deception of the enemy. If you do ministry for a thousand years, and God is going to give you something new every day. And there's a saint, you know, to come with me, you know, who have met me, you know, more than 20 years. But they are already saying that, oh, pastor, you know, your sermon is different from yesterday. It's renewed and renewed and renewed. So, so I'm joking to them that, you know, you know, it's because you are, you know, full, you are not smart, you know, because you cannot remember that you feel, you know, it's every, every day renewed. And what I mean is that it's not, you know, by my effort, but it's about the essence of God. Because God is renewed every day. He's new every day. So let's say you love your wife, right? You love her so much, but you know, how much you love her? But let's say you know you live with her for a thousand years. Maybe you might be bored of your wife a little bit, just a little bit. So there's a, the news that I read from the newspaper in Korea. And they made a kind of, you know, poll. I mean, they have a sur survey, you know, whether, you know, the, they will be remarrying to your original spouse if you born again. And 70% of, you know, husband, they will, you know, marry again. But, you know, for the case of wife, only 12% of wife will be willing to remarry their original husband if they were born again. Maybe it's Korean context different from here, right? Maybe it can be better, but it can be worse, you know. Maybe we get 5% of the you know, wife, you know, if I have a survey here. <laughs> Or it might be zero, you know. It's so shocking. But listen carefully. Let's say that you are living with your wife for 10,000 years. How will it be? But look, you know, how long will we live with God? No, everlasting. Forever. 
No, no matter how much you love God, let's say maybe you are living with Him for a million years, uh, are you going to be bored? No, but we can live with Him forever because He's anew every day forever. He's renewed, He's anew forever. We say that God is unchangeable, which means that you know He is not changing. But what it means is that so let's say uh, I bought a new mobile phone, and I'm you know owing owning this cell phone. But you know, no matter how great it is, if I use it for 10 years. And, and actually, for I'm using my cell phone for you know eight years actually. But you know, no matter how great it is, you know it's going to be you know, boring to you. No, but let's say this cellular phone has all the functions, and the function is developing itself. And I don't you know need to change it with a new cell phone, right? So unchange, unchangeableness is, means that God is the best of the best. So He is always the best of the best. So living with Him forever, and we can find the best of the best every day from Him, from His, from the relationship with Him forever. So that is unchangeability. Unchangeability doesn't mean the boredom. So when you live with God you know, in a deeper relationship, we will not say that, okay, there's something new in my relationship with God. Now, if you say so, it's evidence that you are not meeting with God. If you meet with God, you are you know, excited every day. You are excited to feel the love of God. No, okay, this is the love of God. You know, this love renews every day. And then you will be finding the best of the best every day with Him. So to lose the excitement you know, when you are living with Him you know, means that you, know, you are now being influenced by the spirit of religion. So you have to be cautious of the spirit of religion every day. So you have no changes and you have not transformed. It seems that you are just in that stage every day. You know, it shows that you are now being under the influence of the spirit of religion. So please don't try to comfort yourself that, you know, I'm, you know, you know it's because of my age or it's because of my you know, career. So, you know, I'm not praising myself, but, you know, my wife received grace from my sermon every day. Why? Why is that? It's not because my preaching is great, but, you know, when she sees, you know, you know me, he, she finds that I'm living according to the word of God I'm proclaiming. And she saw you know, me when I was non-Christian, but she saw me until now. She sees me until now. Uh, 
And Pastor Francisco used to call me my boss, my boss. But I, I'm calling Pastor Francisco my precious brother. So we 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 take every each other very pre preciously. So, no, the thing that you have to be cautious as a pastor is the spirit of religion, and God is you know, making you grow up every day, and He is able to do so, and He is willing to do so. So, no, if not, no, it's a, the reason is that you are not focused on God you know, every day. So when you come to Zoe Ministry, you will, you don't you know, need to worry about, you know, you know, you'll be, you know, bored, you know, every day. And we have Pastor Ivan in Singapore. So how long since how long have been how long it's been you are in Zoe Ministry? Fifteen, fifteen, fifteen so it's been fifteen years since he's been in Zoe Ministry, and he could feel the newness every day, you know, during fifteen years. So I'm not saying that I'm excellent, but God is the one who will make you like that. So he touches you every day. So the reason that you know many missionary organizations, you know, people stop to grow, is because you know they just offer some you know steps you know, for growth, and it originated from the misunderstanding of Ephesians 1:3. And God has given us everything when the, the Spirit comes to us. It's not that we are growing because we learn something new now outside, but in you, in you, the newness will spring from in you. So those who are believing in this spiritual reality, no, their direction of the spiritual life is that no, you're not begging every day, but no, you are focusing on the thing that no, is in you will be manifest every day that you want to you know, get rid of all the barriers that hinders you from you know, having the thing that in you will grow and manifest it every day. <laughs> A pure spring and we have some you know, good springs in Korea, the water springs, and the character of the good springs is that the when drought comes, or when we have flood, you know, they offer an exact amount of the water. And that is the character of the good spring, good water spring. So when your spirituality is good, and with regardless of the outer, you know, outside in you know, circumstances, you can have your spring comes from you, because you are getting rid of all your fleshly barriers. So that is John 7:14 says. No, you will have the the river of life from your stomach. It's not from outside. It's from your soul, Mark. 
you have living rivers. So living rivers will spring from you. And as I say to you first day, and the fact that you are receiving grace from me, he said, it's not that you know you understand something new, but you know it's an encounter of what I proclaimed with the word which is already in you. So you all have the word of God in you and the spirit in you, and all the secrets of the kingdom of God is in you. So when you hear the word of God from me, and you are now being unbound from you know, the, speech, the spiritual barriers in you, which hinders you from you know, revealing the things that has already come to you. So it's not me myself who teaches you, but you know, through me, you know, the anointing of God is now touching you. So my precious daughter, she's so pretty. And she's so pretty. Yeah. Uh, she's my third daughter. So we will need to finish chapter five you know, this morning. So we talk about the inheritance in chapter 3, about the kingdom of God. So he's talking about that to the Jews. So for one, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. And uh, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So it's according to the Roman law. So although you are an heir, you have to be under the guardian you know, until to some age, right? And it stands for the law given from Moses. And verse 3 says that you were under the elementary spiritual forces of the world. And Romans 8, no, Romans 7 no, speaks about the same thing. So to whom are you s serving? So if you live by the flesh, you will be the servant of sin. If you live by the spirit, you will be a slave for righteousness. So if you live by the Spirit, you will be under the reign of God. If you live by the law, you will be under the dominion of sin. We call it the dominion of death in Romans. What is the dominion of death? It's about the state that you cannot react again, react toward God. Your old person cannot react toward God. And strictly speaking, the old person will be under the fear of the judgment of God. That's why we have to receive the reign of righteousness by faith and by grace. And then under the dominion of righteousness, we will be sensitive toward the spirit, sensitive to God, and sensitive to the word of God as well. 
and we are using the word sensitive, but it is originally about the direction. So you will see where God moves. So to where God is going. So you will be sensitive to that, right? So that is why we have to be uh, servant to righteousness. We should not be the slave to death and sin. But when you live by the law, the law will revive again, and the death will, sin will arrive again, that you will be under the dominion of sin. So in Romans 8, 12, it says that we are not indebted to the flesh any longer. We have no debt towards sin and the flesh. You are not indebted. But when you live by the law, it seems that you, know, you are you know, living you know, your life as if you have the debt to sin. So you are you know, carrying your own burden continuously. So uh, let's say you, know, you have a certain saint in your church and he is working very hard and he is making a lot of money. Why? He, he is to support, you know, he does that to support his family. But that is to carry the burdens of flesh. And for saints, they don't have the burdens of flesh. We don't, you know, work because of the burden of the flesh, but we you know, work because of the glory of God. So I'm preaching now. Why? Why do I preach here? Because I'm a pastor? No. It becomes uh, the, the burden of flesh if I do so. No, it's going to be the law or legalist, legalism. But why do I preach here? Furthermore, if you see my website, you know, the, the amount of the preach that I preached until now is kind of you know, greater than the, the it's, it's more than you know the normal pastor preaches for 100 years. If I you know take it as a the produce of the flesh, you know I might die already. You know you know that you know I'm preaching because of the glory, because of the glory of God I'm preaching. So in every way we. Should not carry the burdens of the flesh because Christ has paid for all of that. So you have to be always in you know, light, feel light. But you know, I could see that some of you are still have, feel heavy because you are carrying your burden, burden, you know, of the fleshly. So you think that your pastoring job, your church, in your saints is something that you have to carry. You know that you know the boss of a company, he takes responsibility for the company. So, do you walk as a the boss of the boss of the, the church? Are you the CEO of the, your church? No, my CEO is the Lord Himself. He gives salary, you know, right? So, please don't take any sort of burdens on you. So, because of the burden, you cannot pray. It oppresses you. But, you know, the burdens is something that the Lord is carrying and He takes responsibility for all of you. If God doesn't give you and then you don't do, how simple is it? If, if God doesn't give it to you, you know, you cannot do anyway. But some of you still try to do something without receiving from God. And you think that you are doing very well. No. 
you know, you don't know how you can manage good life, you know, as a slave or servant. You are a servant, and servants should do, do what the master orders. Please don't uh, do the thing that the master has not ordered to you. Furthermore, no, you can, you know, no, 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 play and not working if the master is not looking at you. You cannot shaming, you know. No. I mean, you can shaming if the master is not looking at you. In somehow, it's a pleasure of a servant, right? So please don't carry your burden. Our master does everything for you. So that's why we call Jesus as Lord. Lord, my owner, my master. So don't you call him as master? If you try to take responsibility, then it shows that you try to be a master. No. God takes responsibility for you. He carries all the burdens of you, saying that you have to live in my glory. So I'm just living for his glory. The reason that you are preaching is not because you are a pastor. You preach because of glory. So how glorious, how powerful the glory of the gospel is. So let's continue. And verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So he is born from a woman. So that is the fulfillment of the prophecy in Micah. Micah 5. And he in the human flesh came to earth. Why? He came to us as human because he needs to atone the human sin. But from the point of Galatians, you know, he became a human because he tries, he wanted to take all the burdens of humankind, including the burdens of sin as well. So he solved every problem becoming a human. In Hebrews 2.14, He died as human. He was able to eliminate all the authority of Satan. So how important it is to understand he became a human. That's the secret for us to, to obtain the perfect victory. Because of his death as human, he abolished all the, the authority of the, and power of the Satan. But why still humankind try to do something? Because it's because of the fear of the fear of death. Because it's it's because of the fear of judgment. No, but it's misunderstanding. They cannot do that. But when Jesus came as human and he died and he rose again and he abolishes all the power of death of Satan, so there's no reason for us to be afraid of. We have the problem, we have solved the problem of death. So kill me, kill me, I will revive again. Kill me, kill me, I will you know, rise again. So the Satan cannot do anything to me. So that is why Ephesians 3, 7, 
and she is saying that no, Philippians 3, 7, I'm imitating his death. So when he received his death, like Galatians 2, 20, he is crucified with Christ that it is not I who lives in me, but it's Christ who lives in me. When he received, when you receive this with faith, and you will abolish the power of death every day. And then you will understand how great it is to have the power of resurrection. And you will know who the Christ is. But without receiving the fact that you died with Christ, you still try to maintain your own life by yourself. And that person always requires God that, no, Lord, please give me some, you know, the power. No, not life, but I need some medicine. Oh God, I have 20, but I, I want to have you know, 50 from you. No, but fundamentally speaking, we are zero. We cannot live without what God is giving to us. No, only God is a source of power and live life you know, for us. So please don't try to receive some medicine to cure you. What we need is not just medicine, but we need life. Because we died, we need life accordingly so let's continue and she was born under the law so Gentiles are saved through him and Jews they are saved through him so it's another repetition in five to redeem those who are under the law. So he gave to us to give us the authority of an heir so that we might receive adoption to sonship. So you know, while Paul was talking about the law, he changed the subject as we. And for the first part, you know, Paul was speaking to the Jews, but when Paul mentions we, it applies to both Jews and Gentiles. So the adoption to sonship means the spirit of sonship in Romans 8. So Paul is using the term adoption. And that is something original to Paul. In, in Roman times, you know, what the adoption is, is that you can inherit all the riches and fames from your stepfather. So, when Paul speaks about sonship or adoption, Paul, what Paul means that you are an heir who will inherit all the fame and richness of your father. And the fact that the spirit is working for you as the spirit of adoption means that he enables you to enjoy all the power and authority as the heir of the kingdom of God. So that is why we call him Abba Father. Abba Father is a Aramic language, right? Why Paul uses Aramic language? Because of the original nuance that the term has. And the old man like me, I can call my father as father. But I don't call him as dad, daddy, daddy. So it's a bit weird, right? 
So our father is used by your little children under two, age two. If they seek something to, from their father, and the father should give them. So it's impossible you know, to under, make, him, make them understand the situation. Let's say a children, a little children, a child is asking a candy, and father cannot you know, say that uh, my baby is you know, harmful for your health, you know, so I cannot give you the candy. But you know, the, the baby is crying until he gets the candy from the father. So the, the decision of a father is that you know, either you can you know, give a candy or you can spank him. But you know the child cannot understand even if you spank him. So the only choice for you practically is to just to give out the candy, right? So when you pray, God is going to give you without you know, exceptions. So there's a person like this. But you know God hasn't answered my prayer. No, no the, the answer is now coming, right? So there's a prayer subject. I've been praying for 33 years, and I ask him several times, God, would I please, would I stop praying that? But God is you know, saying to me that, you know, it's, it's in the process. It's in the progress. Anyway, my prayer is an official request for God. God cannot ignore you, your prayer. He cannot say that, okay, I will not listen to your prayer. If he doesn't give you, he has to persuade you. He has to persuade you why he's not giving to you. But it's difficult for him to do so. Why, why is that? Let's say, uh, I pray for money, uh, although you know, I don't you know, pray like that, but from the perspective of God, you know, from my point of view, I need that money. But from the point of view of God, if God gives that money, it means that you know, God is allowing you to have all the influence you know, from the money and from the relationship that will be created by the money and your position in the church and your position you know, to the society and to the nation and to the world and to the universe. And he has to think about all that relationship. So that is the scale of God. Although I just you know, sought money, but when he gives me money, he gives you in calculation of this sort of relationship. So when it's beneficial, you know, for you and for the whole universe, you know, to give you money, then he can give you money. I'm not just flattering. You know, a person like me, you know, when I do something to my assistant pastor or to the saint, I don't you know, just think about the person. I cannot do that. You know. I have to think about the whole church members. And I have to think about the scales of soil ministry as a whole. You know, that's my position, right? But you know, God is the, uh, the ruler of the whole universe. That he has to think about that scale you know, every time when he makes some decision. So when he doesn't answer your prayer, he has to explain everything. So that's why God decides to give you. 
let's say, Sergio you know, requires me some money, I have to you know, explain, you know, some reason that I cannot give him money is that, you know, okay, you know, you know about the, the, how universities and how the world is, how the, the nations are, and then listening to my explanation, he's going to be crazy. So that's why he just can give to, to him. So this amazing guy is now encountering with you. He's now having a conversation with you. So think about this. I'm you know, talking to a child age two, but this children's child, you know, knows. I'm I'm talking to you know this child, you know, about the economy of Korea, and. Uh, and I'm explaining him that, you know, okay, I cannot give this candy to you because of the economy of Korea. So if I say so to age two, you know, child, you know, he is going to be crazy you know, to listen to me, listen from me. But, you know, the Creator God is now you know, talking to you in this way. And he is pleased to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Now, how humble he is and how great the amount of his love. You know, it's great, it's amazing. So you know, to encounter with God is not something very small. We are living with God you know, who can embrace all the universe. You know that you know, there are you know, countless number of stars bigger than Earth in the universe. And the Earth is just a small thing, like a dust. But you know, among us and nations and Panama and among Panama we are in Panama City and in Panama in we are in this little hotel and then among 400 people I am just one of them. But you know, this small being is now being encountered with God. This amazing God you know, comes to you. Isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting to you? And given this fact, you know, I will rejoice every day. Isn't tremendous. And it's shocking that, you know, you are allowed to meet with that Creator God. So Abba Father, the Spirit confirms you the fact that you are an heir of God. So as I met with the Lord 33 years ago, what, no matter what I pray, the Spirit in me didn't say to me that, don't seek that. That is not something God doesn't want. Never. How amazing it is. Let's say if I seek the whole universe, He doesn't say that, no, that's not something allowed to you. He doesn't say to me like that. At least he says to me, you know, in this way, my beloved children, now I will give you, wait, just wait. This is the least of what speaking, what the Spirit is speaking to me. Because I have the promise, you know, seek everything you need and then it will be done for you. So, you know, he's not you know, speaking to you, no, don't seek that, he doesn't speak that. <laughs> So how great you are given this privilege. 
And that spirit speaks you know, to you about your dignity. And there's many nicknames of the Holy Spirit, but you know, what I want to say about for the first is that like Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2.10, he is the spirit which makes me you know, to have fellowship with God. What does it mean? He always let me know about the scales of God in me. But the spirit of religion, what it creates is that it always minimizes and throws the scales of God into your scale. Uh, it's not appears being in the Bible. Rather, no, the Bible says that the scale of God is this great. You have to, you know, destroy all your scale that you have to go up to the scale of God. That's what the Word of God is now speaking to you. So that is why your human scale has to be eliminated in you. No, to live with God is not a small thing. So the Spirit always lets you know, lets you know about the scale of God, and then He is, you know, inviting you to that fellowship. So that's why I don't, you know, concern about what Babylonian system can give to me or not. I have no relationship with Babylonian system. It's just small and it's just nothing meaningless to me. So listen carefully. I'm not saying that I'm a. I'm a, I'm a great person, I have, you know, God, I'm nothing. But when you have the scale of God, you'll be like me as well. Like First Chronicles, and David was able to offer amazing amount of gold you know, for God. And in case of the gold, he offered 100 tons of gold to God. But what David spoke, he said, now I gave again you know, yours to you, and I praise you who give me the heart for offering. So they shows that David has the scale of God. So please bring down God's scale into your scale. By the Spirit, we are going up to the scale of God, the heart of God, the mind of God. So that is the work of the Spirit that lets you know the heart of our Father. So it seems that we cannot finish Galatians. So when can I finish the book of Galatians? Maybe in Honduras next year. Anyway, let's continue. So, verse 7. So you are no longer a slave. So because of the law, no one has to live as a slave to sin. But we are son and sons of God that we will inherit his king kingdom. And in a Greek word, there's a the word technon, which appears in John 11. And there's another word to express son, you know, which is huios. 
and Huos means a son who are destined to inherit the inheritance, which means that he has the right of the firstborn. So Paul is now using the word Huos. So the Huos will inherit the inheritance, which means that he's the heir of the kingdom of God. So Paul is talking about the inheritance continuously in Galatians, right? It's because he has much space? No. Why? Why is, is he speaking about inheritance? Because you know, the authority of an heir is double times of any other sons. Let's say I'm a king. I have a lot of number of lots of a lot of number of the, the princes, and all of them have the right to speak to me, right? But let's say that there's some prince which will inherit your kingship as a heir. I cannot ignore you know, what he says to me. And in some sense, he's going to you know, reign the kingdom with me, and it's the meaning of heroes. So when you are saved, yeah, because you are an heir, you are enthroned in the throne of heaven. So that is from Ephesians 6. Why? Why is that? As you became the children of God, you are chosen as the heir of God. And when kingdom comes, you will be with him to rule over the universe. And you are designed to be an heir. And the creation, the purpose of creation of Adam is to make him an heir. So an heir has a different you know, right uh, to other you know, sons. That is why Paul is using the term heir. So the power of prayer that you have is not just something normal that every son can have, but it's the right of and power of an heir. So like in Hebrews, angels, they are you know, called to serve the heirs of God. So that is why the Mahanaim, the army of God, is you know, following you, though you are not sensitive to that, though you are not believing in that fact. But that is why you know, selected angels are around you to protect you. That is from 1 Thessalonians 5.20. So there are lots of you know, chosen angels for the church. Please don't let them just to have a rest. Please don't make them relax because the purpose of the creation of the angel is to make them work. And they are rejoicing when they are working. But we are not. When we are meeting with God existentially, that's the only joy for us. So it's so dangerous to live by the law. Because we have different purposes from angels. He didn't create me to make me work. I am created as a being who can encounter with God. So And then we can be rejoiced. So when the angel God rejoices, and they rejoice, rejoice when they are working for us and for the kingdom, that is the joy of the angels. So please don't let them just relax and hang out. And it will you know, 
take away their joy. Let them fight again and let them do the work for the church and let them fight for the church you know, continuously. So please don't misunderstand the purpose of your life. So that's why I'm saying to you that if you cannot have fellowship with God, you know, please don't you know, continue your pastoring job. If so, you, know, you would rather, it's better for you to have a Sabbath, you know, sabbatical year or sabbatical month. If you are doing your pastoring job without you know, fellowship with God, it's like you are drinking poison every day, little by little. Please don't take lightly while I'm warning to you. And every day you will have to take a wolf, take off your abbot and your coat, outer coat, and laying down every burden that you carry, <laughs> and wearing white linen, and going into the Holy of Holies to meet with him, you know, face to face, one to one. That's how you do every day. So I'm not saying about your duty. I'm not saying to you that try put your effort to pray, but just receive you know, how God is saying to you. And the grace of God will lead you to that moment that you can rejoice in the encounter with God. So let's continue. From verse 8. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to finish all the books, but you know, all the chapters, but you know, it seems that it's, po it's not possible now. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, and so you send for both Jews and Greeks. From the perspective of the Jews, you know, it's the moment when they were under the law. And from the point of view of Gentiles, it's when they were you know, worshiping idols because they don't know, they didn't know about, the God, about God. So when you live by the law, you will not able to know God because you are bound you know, continuously by the evil spirit. So you will not know, you know what God you know, pleased with and where God is going. And by the law, there's no you know, means that you can understand about that. But how is that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? So before coming to God, you love people more than you love God, and you love money more than you love God. But when you are in God, the God who has this great scale, it's natural for you to know about him more and more. And in Hosea 4, it is said that my people is being perished because they lack of knowledge of me. So when you meet with him, you will know him about. So know about him. So when you say you don't know about God, that means you are not meeting with God. So in Greek, there's a word, you know, ginosko, which means, you know, know something and experience something. So when we ginosko God, you know, we are experiencing God, like you are experiencing your wife, your spouse, or in the range of love. So because you are meeting with God continuously, you know how exciting it is to encounter with him. 
So I've been working with God for the last you know, 33 years. And I cannot you know, forget the glory that I've received 33 years ago. But given the amount of glory that I have received 33 years ago, it's just a small, small like a needle, you know, given the glory that I'm receiving now. So as I meet with him continuously, his glory grows bigger and bigger and greater, greater. It's not just applied to a certain special person, but it's nature in original to the sons of God. So, even now, you should know about him continuously. As I told you, you know, last night, he is a God of Haya. He is Ego Emi. I am who I am. He is eternal present. He came, he comes to me as eternal present without, you know, ceasing. So what I do is just to open my spirit that I can receive him. Oh Lord, please come. I'm welcoming you. Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome God to receive him. And then you will go into deeper relationship with him and then you will, you know, be aware of him more and more. There's nothing that I can do, I should do except that. So sometimes, you know, when you do nothing, that's the best option for you to do something, right? And when my daughters were young and the grandmother you know, was you know, cleaning, you know, with their grandmother and they were asking their grandmother you know, to clean together and then grandmother allowed them to clean together, but you know, they just mess up everything while trying to clean it. So when they do nothing, he's going to be helpful for grandmother. Like you know, the same way, you know, he is willing to work for me. He is accomplishing everything. There's no reason for me that, oh God, I want to do, I should do, and that will mess up everything. So sometimes it's the best option for you to do nothing. <laughs> so, you know, I feel that God is very pleased with you, especially with your response. Why? Why is that, you know, when I compare you two with Korean pastor, you know, they are somehow mean. They are not innocent. I mean, they are not pure. But it seems that you are naive and pure. So I'm grateful for you. So, you know, I was thinking about the reason that God loves so much the, the pastors in Latin America. And whenever I ask this to God, and he just you know, smiled at me. But, you know, I could understand that you believe in the world very well. You are pure and naive. Although you are not able to live so, but, you know, you just choose to believe. And then after you are believing, you know, you can live like that, you know. You know if you believe in the word of God, then the work of faith will reveal to you. 
to verse 9. But now that you know God, so we are not living by the law, living by my own strength, but we are knowing God, knowing about God continuously, but no, you are known by God too. So this is amazing. So we are not experiencing God, you know, but you know, it's not only us who are experiencing God, but He is experiencing us together. So that is why I can boldly say that He gave up His omniscience to love us. He gave out His fame to love me, and it's quite, you know, the, quite a risk, you know, from the point of view of God. So the reason that He for, forgives you is, is because of this. You know, you know, if God knows that, you know, uh, you will do sin again, you know, after the forgiveness, He cannot forgive. So, what I mean is that, in order that He can love me, He just gave up, you know, His omniscience. You know, He's going to ruin His fame if He, you know, changes His world. <laughs> so, please don't take this lightly. This amazing God, when He comes to me, He risks all these dangers. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit in you means that from the point of view of God, it's not something very small. Because the Spirit is God Himself. But it's like you are given all the authority of God. So because of me, he may feel frustration sometimes, or sometimes he cannot do anything. Because he can walk with me when my personality, my character will recognize him. You know, given these you know, dangers, he you know, has risked everything you know, because he loved me. Because he loved me. He risked everything. He gave up everything because of his love for us. So let's say you do some sin. Maybe there will be uh, uh, several types of repentance. Maybe some of you repent because of out of fear. But genuine repentance is that you will feel that how much God has loved me and God has put his dignity to me, but I again you know, fall away because of this sin. And then you will be angry against the enemy saying that if these filthy enemies, they deceive me again. So out of the love of God, they feel the pains of God in their heart and at the same time they are angry at the enemy which led you to sin that you will betray the love of God. So when you repent in the love of God it's not easy for you to do the same sin and this is for David's case and just one repentance he was able to you know, not to commit the same sin again because he knew how great the love of God is. So isn't it amazing? But as we are aware of who God is, we cannot understand him in the other way around. Why God has to do that for me? Why God has to, had to you know, lay down everything for me? 
And that is something, you know, you know what you know, the person uh, who met uh, with God will experience. So you will know about him more and more, but you know, somehow, you know, it's ununderstandable, you know, in, you know comprehensible, tensible, you know, uh, why, why and how God did that for you. Now, can you feel the heart of God? Can you feel the 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 hottest the power of the the love of God? You, your 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 heart will be meltdown, you know, because of the love of God. And the love of God melts everything. So let's pray. And I wanted to finish the book of Galatians. But what is important is the love of God. So let's pray together. There's no afternoon session. We cannot finish the whole book anyway. Please have a good rest in the afternoon. And let's prepare the great victory in the evening. So, shall we throw a party this evening? Peter Francisco, shall we have some party tonight? Let's have some pizza. Pastor Lee, you can give him my credit card. You can use up to five fifty thousand dollars with the card. Anyway, let's receive the love of God. Uh, receive the love of God more than anything. Lord, we know that your love is beyond our imagination. We cannot comprehend your love. This amazing God, he came to meet with me who is nothing and you are talking to me and you are coming to me as our father you listen to my prayer and you listen to my prayer you answer to my prayer how can I deny this love how can I ignore this love Lord pour out your love upon your beloved servant like first Timothy 1 5 let us open all the channels of love, a clean heart, and good conscience, and faith without doubt. Let us have these channels open that, like Romans 5, 8, we can have the power of love that Spirit pours out. Lord, pour out your love like a waterfall. Lord, please open all the channels of the love in our spirit that we can experience your love. Please heal all the wounds through your love. Please let us be free from the spirit of religion because of your love. Let us cry before you because of the love. And if some servant here, they, if they lose the tears, let them restore the tear. As you told me, 
you know, like to God said to his kaya, you know, please see they are crying. And please take it preciously their their tears. And through their tears and their prayer, let them embrace the souls. And let them embrace their saints with love. You know, let them be the crowns for them, the crowns of glory. When they stand before the Lord. And do well, my servant. You know, good works, my servant. Let's share this glory with me. Let them be standing before you as the servant who will receive the praises. Let all of them here stand before you with glory. Lord, please give us the greatest victory in this last day of the conference. Let their spiritual nature be changed. Let them be transformed. Let the church be glorious. Let the kingdom come there in their church. Oh Lord, please enhance all the authority for the church. Let them be someone who will tremble enemy. That's not the word of God they take, you know, for the for on the ground. I gave you my glory. Use the glory of my name. My beloved servant. You are my servant. Believe the world and the enemy cannot ignore you. You are my heir. I will not ignore your prayer. Seek everything you need. I will work for you. I will fight for you. Pray in tongue. Pray in tongue. the gates of the heaven. Pour out your amazing love. No, let it fall like a waterfall. Please open the channels of love. Pure heart. Good conscience. Face without doubt. Let them be open widely. That they can receive the love of Father. Inimaginable love. The love beyond our imagination. Pour out that they can be healed totally. Let them be free from all spiritual bondages. By the love, all hardened things be melted down. Like John's confession, God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. The more than your glory. More than the glory that he saw, the opposition confessed God is love. God is love. Let your love fall down upon us. Let us be renewed because of the love. Let us be perfect because of your love. Like First John 4, 17. Let us love like Jesus, that we can reside in the love. That we can confess God is love. God is love. 
God's love. Lord, more of you, more of you. Deeper, deeper. Let us offer the confession of love as well. Oh Lord, please heal all the sense of loss. Keep praying, keep praying. Oh, please heal all the sense of loss, all the sense of desperation. Let us be healed clean. Oh Lord, please heal the spirit of fear. Please heal our loneliness as well. Please heal our loneliness. Oh Lord, please touch more, touch more. Deeper, 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 poorer, poorer. Let us cry before you. Let us cry before you. Let us be free. Those of your love. Lord, touch us. Touch us more. Amazing love, God is love, God is love, God is love. Lord, He loved us first. Desire, desire. Lord, pour out anointing, touch us deeply that our spirit can be clean because of the love. Lord, let us enjoy the freedom. This is the spoils of our victory. Lord, pour out. of the love. Let us be free from the spirit of religion. Let the nuclear reactor of the gospel oper in operation because of the love. The gospel, revelation, righteousness, grace, faith, the spirit, freedom, promise. Let the nuclear reactor of the gospel operate, operate in us, operate in us, Lord. Pour out more, pour out more. Open the gates of heaven widely. Lord, we need more of you. Renew everything. Renew everything. Renew everything. Let the pure and holy church will arise. Let the church will arise. That pleases you. Let your precious servant arise. More, 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 more. Lord, we thank you, Lord. And give us wonderful feast of victory tonight. And we believe that you create a new flow for this Central America. As you wish, let the Holy Church will arise. As you wish, let glorious servant arise. the servants who will bring the kingdom of God for this end time. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us this amazing love. We are nothing but you are our father to us. Lord, uh, Father, you are love. God is love. 
like John the Apostle, saw the glory of the kingdom of God. But that glory is covered with the love of God, that he had to confess God's love. Like Apostle John, you know, let them know about the love of God more, that they can continuously encounter with you more and more deeply and deeply. Let all spiritual bondages be unleashed, that they can lay down every burden, that they will no longer carry their the burdens of flesh, that they feel light, lighter and lighter, that they can move quickly and swiftly with the Holy Spirit. Lay down everything. Lay down everything. I will give you rest. Let us go into the rest. Let's go into the rest. Laying down all the burdens. Don't carry the yokes of servant again. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Pour out anointing. Pour out anointing. Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. The God who is present here. Please continue to touch your beloved servant that they can be released from everything, that they can be purified, they can be filled with the glory, they can be filled with the dignity of God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, 